This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season three of the podcast. Hi, I'm Janelle. My boyfriend in high school wore tighter pants than I did. My first crush was the lead singer of Dashboard Confessionals, and my dog's nicknames are Scooter and Steve. Hi, I'm Rachel. I had an hour and a half of virtual dinner with my entire family last night. I'm becoming an amateur bird watcher, and I miss hugging people. Hi, I'm Megan. I'm obsessed with anything Real Housewives. SpaghettiOs are my guilty pleasure. And I auditioned for American Idol when I was 16 and got cut in the first round. And we are your host of the True North Collective podcast. Perfect. That's so cool. You Okay, so... The first, I'm all, wait, so how does it work? Like the first round is in the audition and then you never went any further or did you get to a round beyond the audition? No. So I did this at the United Center in Chicago and it was just the craziest process. I had no idea what went into it, but pretty much there's like 12 tables in the middle of the um, arena where there's like three producers at each table. And you pretty much just like get a number, you sit and wait all day long until you're called up and you go up in groups of four and you don't even like really say anything about yourself and they don't ask you any questions and they're just like, go sing, go sing, go sing. And then they're like, contestants one, two, and four, thanks for coming. And they cut your wristband off and they send you on your way. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. So we were on. I mean, and it's funny because a lot of people in the crowd are really just like more so family members and people actually auditioning. So my dad and my sister went with and we like had to sit outside until like starting at five in the morning to do a bunch of taping and things like that. And then we just waited all day and it was over in like 30 seconds. (laughs) Good on you, though, for doing it. I'm currently, uh, although, Rachel, I I know you said you were going to nominate me, so I haven't submitted it yet, but I'm like, what else do I better to do right now than apply to be on The Bachelor? Oh, you just do oh, yeah. it. You just need to do it. I know. I I was looking, though. So the online application is very short, and it's basically just a picture. But if I mail in my application, then that's where you get into all the good questions. So I'm wondering if I should mail it in do both. to provide more context. Yeah. Just do both. And with Claire being The Bachelorette, I don't know, Megan, if you watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. But with Claire being the bachelorette, all the men are kind of older and more mature. So that's more. I don't know if that really to... is going <laughs> to make it any <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah. So funny. In, in my new dating life, whenever it doesn't work out, my catchphrase is always, there's always Derek from The Bachelor. <laughs> do you. <laughs> Until do I start dating someone. Do you want to get married right now? Like, would you want to be married by the end of it? No. <laughs> I would be there for the wrong reasons. You're I absolutely know. there for the wrong reasons, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, no one gets Have married you... on the show anyway, so we can just leave dating. What about Love is Blind? Uh, Have you guys seen that? Yes, I know. <gasps> I did start to watch that. I can't. I, yeah, that one's even... I feel like that one is even more of a risk than The Bachelor. At least in The Bachelor, I'd be like 1 of 25, so my percentage <laughs> is like low that... I mean, I guess people go on that and then they don't fall in love and then they're really not part of the show. But I can just be like the cool, cool pep girl on The Bachelor, one that makes all the jokes and stuff. And 
it's kept around for entertainment value, not for love. That's funny. <laughs> I went to a recording of So You Think You Can Dance, which is kind of like um, American Idol. But my mom, my parents live in California. And so she like submitted her name in a lottery to win tickets for it. And when I got it, I was working at an agency at the time and they were like, you're going. So I got to like have an extent, like they gave me vacation days to go because they thought, because they knew I loved it so much. And so we were in the audience and my mom, like during the, the commercial breaks, they try to really keep the crowd like amped up and engaged. And so they give you all these like light up rings and like all this crazy stuff and during one of them they were like okay we're gonna have an audience dance off and they're like if you want to be up here like raise your hands or whatever and so my mom's pointing at me and they're like you (laughs) they called my mom up there (laughs) oh and she was so good and she won everybody's just like loved her and she was like afterwards when we left she was like I never would have done that and I wanted you to be up there but it and it like changed her whole it was like a pivotal moment for her because she doesn't usually put herself in the spotlight and she was like I was so scared but I was just like screw it and she just had so much fun and it was amazing so that's awesome and that was funny love that what a good that sounds like that sounds like an opposite experience of what I had when (laughs) I went to see um blooming my dad has been dying to take me to see blooming group since i was like in high school and so for christmas i was like i'm gonna buy him tickets to see blooming group not knowing that he's already seen it he just really wanted to take me and um they were like asking for volunteers from the crowd and i was like no thank you please do not call on me but my dad was like pointing at me and so (laughs) i got called up on the stage with Blooming Group, and they, like, don't talk. Have you guys ever seen it? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, well, I haven't seen it live, but Oh, I know. I've seen it live. I used to live in Chicago. <laughs> it's partially, like, terrifying. And so I'm sitting <laughs> up there with them, and they put this, like, huge um, vest on me that eventually ended up, ended up, like, shooting Twinkies out at the crowd. It was just... <laughs> it was really, <laughs> honestly, partially traumatic, but... It was a really funny experience, but it was total opposite experience. And like, please don't ever call me up on stage again. This is not what I want. I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> Do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert or somewhere in between? Everyone that knows me will say right off the bat that I'm extroverted. I am very extroverted, but I feel like I'm really gaining some introverted qualities. Like I used to like going out all the time and now I'm really liking my like quiet and my solitude. So I feel like I'm changing a little bit as I'm getting older, but but I'd say I'm mostly an extrovert for sure. Cool. Just curious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being on stage though, that's like with a big crowd like that, that can be very intimidating, especially because you have no idea why you're even up there. (laughs) Oh yeah. I had no idea what was going to happen. So I was just like, I just felt, I felt so vulnerable in that moment, but it, it ended up being really funny, a really funny memory to have. Yeah, that's awesome. It's funny. Rachel, I also miss giving hugs, too. Yeah. Well, to the stage thing, it's funny because Janelle loves being, like, the center of attention. And she'll, like, full, just, like, straight up say it. <clears throat> and I usually <laughs> I'm like, yep. no, I don't really want the spotlight on me. But when it comes, like, I have spent so much time as a dancer or as, like, speaking for the organizations that I work for. I can be on a stage, like, no problem. Like, it's 
not an issue at all for me. And when I'm up there, I am just like on, but it's not, it's really interesting. I was talking to somebody else about this of like, who's an actor and they were like, yeah, I don't tend to really like the spotlight either. But when I go up on stage, it's like, I don't know, it feels different. It doesn't feel like it's about me at all, which is kind of interesting. So. Yeah. And it, the polls are different. I know for me too, it's, I almost feel obligated sometimes when I'm in a group and like energy is low. I'm like, oh shoot me. It's like my own discomfort. I'm like, we gotta like bump this up. And then I just start saying shit. And then I'm like, okay, we're, <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> so my, my desire is I feel like normally probably from a space of discomfort, if I feel like other people aren't talking or not having fun, I'm just like, oh, let's try to do something about it. Oh, that's so funny. Sudden... I just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Janelle, I'm like... I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm similar to that. I just am not as conscious about the fact that I'm doing it. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like anyone that knows me, they would just be like, Megan's the kind of person that's like, no, 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 don't, don't put the spotlight on me. Don't do that. But then I'm also like ready to perform right. if I need to. You know what <laughs> I mean? But I'm just like not as aware or I haven't accepted that part about me. So I'm like, no, I'm kind of introverted. <laughs> that's funny you know just just own it because yeah I, I can feel it like I'll be somewhere and I'm like mm, it's coming the performing it's almost like a song is about to come out of me but they're like <laughs> I don't know I'm like five six seven eight let's go <laughs> it just happens I can feel it bubbling up I'm just like it's coming it's coming you're about to say something really stupid but loud and everyone's gonna start to look at you and once you commit to it you gotta go through the whole set of things but yeah, oh, that's funny. All right. Should we introduce Megan officially? Yeah, I, I was like trying to talk and then I'm like, why is no one, why is no one listening to me? And I just realized I was muted. Were you muted? <laughs> yeah. My yeah. mic is very sensitive. Sorry, sen- Rachel. My we mic is not listening to you. <laughs> no, I wanted to say this is why you'd be perfect for The Bachelor. So maybe you don't think that you're ready, but maybe you are. And you just don't well, by the time that. we're like, they don't record until October. I think I could be ready by October. I think you got to do it. I think you got to do it. I'm going to end up being the villain. They're going to listen to this and they'll be like, yeah, that chick, let's destroy her publicly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could just be super super honest about it. Just like really, really honest. (laughs) Hi, are you looking for your next villain for season 42? No, you're not trying to be a villain. Would you like to... Just like I'm in transition and I could be ready, but I'm not like seeking a husband right now, but I am struggling with the dating scene and I love, I'm obsessed with The Bachelor, so I'm willing to give this a try. You know what I mean? Like, it's super honest. Very true. I am here for true love. I believe. Okay, I don't believe you at all. (laughs) All right, yeah, let's introduce my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Welcome to the podcast. We have Megan Collins. We know Megan from our time at Spire Fitness. All of our best people coming from Spire Fitness. And Megan's also, which is I'm so excited, is a podcast listener. She listens to our podcast. And we're excited because we we started to have a conversation from our Instagram actually around jobs and if you're in a role in a job that maybe you don't like, like, how do you start to figure out your passion? How do you make that transition into something new? So Megan's had a lot of different jobs. Um, but her background 
certified therapeutic recreation specialist is her education, um, but then she's worked as at a domestic violence uh, nonprofit and now has transitioned actually into a new role since this conversation of a global professional instructor. Uh, so we're going to learn what all of those things mean in just a second, but we're excited to be able to talk about transitions and within your career today with Megan. So welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. yeah. Did I get all the jobs right? You nailed it. <laughs> Better than people usually do. So I really appreciate it. Perfect. When we were talking about it, I was like, ooh, i got to write this down. I'm like, am I missing an S on that? But <laughs> that's so cool. funny. No, you, you nailed it. Perfect. Thanks. Um, so to get started, why don't you just tell like briefly a little bit about kind of how you got here? Sure. Yeah. So I um, grew up on the south side of Chicago. Um, I'm the youngest of three. Um, I went to uh, Catholic school pretty much my whole life up until college. Um, went to the University of Iowa. Um, was planning on went to Iowa to be um, pre pre optometry, so I wanted to be an eye doctor. And then I got to college, and I realized I had to take six semesters of chemistry, and I realized very quickly that that wasn't for me. So, um, uh, which understandable, understandable. <laughs> yeah. So switched my major a few times. Um, I was undecided for a while. Became a psychology major, and then. Um, slowly transitioned into wanting to be a child life major at the University of Iowa. They have um, their program. They only accept 10 people a year. And essentially, you're working with uh, children in a hospital that um, are just needing, you know, support when they're getting procedures done. And, you know, if they're there for a long period of time, just someone to like check in with them and play games with them, like a lot of fun stuff. So I wanted to do that. But then I discovered um, recreation therapy, which is very similar. It's in the same family. But it's just a lot broader and being able to work with any type of person with disabilities. Um, so I got certified after college. So I have a national certification so I can practice across the country. Um, but it's still a very new field. Um, so it's only been around for, I want to say, like 60 years. So the field itself is still um, developing and things like that. So it's not as close to um, like occupational therapy or physical therapy where you can get like charged for insurance and things like that. Um, the field is trying to grow to that. But with that experience, you know, I mainly worked in nursing homes and like long-term care facilities as an activity director, but I have experience working with, you know, children um, on the autism uh, spectrum disorder. Um, and um I had the opportunity to work with in a hospital working with uh, patients with eating disorders and just a lot of really cool experiences. Uh, after that, I transitioned into my um, position at the domestic violence nonprofit, teaching uh, violence prevention education to middle schoolers and high schoolers. And then now I am doing something completely different. Um, I'm a global professional instructor. So what I do is I travel all across the U.S. and Canada. And I do like crisis prevention education. So I work with mostly people who work in like hospitals or like education setting and anyone who kind of works with more like a high risk population or just needing um, some guidance on how to de-escalate crisis situations. I kind of go and I provide this program and then they're able to go back to their places of work and um, train on the program and, they, and their staff can become certified in our curriculum and things like that. So that's what I'm doing now. That's awesome. 
So you're yeah. basically a saint. You've done so much good work. <laughs> I love. You know, I really, Janelle, no one's ever called me that. That's what I totally <laughs> am. Like, I'm here for it. So thank you. <laughs> and it, I mean, that's such, I mean, all the work you've done clearly is very, very impactful. So that's awesome. Um, when we first connected on Instagram and we were asking about topics and you brought up the, the job transition, you were, can you just like put yourself maybe back into that place really quickly, um, of what you were doing and kind of what inspired you to say like, Hey, I'm looking to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I know for that time that I reached out and it's definitely around the time that I even, um, started really diving in and listening to the podcast. Um, I was feeling super, super lost. Um, I mentioned to you guys earlier that, um, you know, my fiance is a pharmacist. And so I'm surrounded by a lot of really amazing people that have always, to me, always made it seem like they had it figured out. You know, when I met my fiance, he was like, I'm going to pharmacy school and this is what I'm doing. And I just thought that was so cool. And I was like, man, he really knows what he wants. And he's making this commitment to a really fulfilling career and I just never felt like I was that person and I was like why can't I figure this out so at the time when I reached out or posted that it was really just at a point where you know I had I hate to say that I bounced around but given certain circumstances I was transitioning from different roles um you know graduating moving back home to Chicago um got my first job and then my fiance was graduating um, school. So we moved to Milwaukee for his job. So I had to find a a new job and I was working in long-term care and just realizing that very early on in my career, even with being, um, you know, the fun part of healthcare, right? Like being, doing activities and, and things like that. I was just really feeling like, man, why am I so burnt out so early on? And so, um, I transitioned into my role as being, uh, education outreach coordinator for, coordinator for a domestic violence nonprofit. And I really enjoyed it. It was a totally different scope that I was not used to, um, met a lot of really great people, but just with given, you know, how some nonprofits work and like grants and things like that, I was just really ready, um, to make a transition. And, you know, I just felt like th- that my fiance was getting really settled in his career. And I was just like, man, I just really want to figure out what's, the best for me. And I'm ready to like take that step and to really expand in my own career and my own life and work towards something. And so I started listening to, um, the true North collective podcast. And I was like, man, people are doing such cool things and taking risks. And I was just, all of it was just flooding in, um, of how I just felt so confused. And and I'm like, everyone's got it figured out and they're taking these risks. Like, what am I not doing? Um, had some weird experiences almost getting involved in like um pyramid schemes and things like that because I was just so willing to put the work in to find something that really fit so that's why I ended up um, posting my question or you know bringing up like careers and how people have transitioned or how they got to the places that they're at and things like that so that's kind of where the heads my headspace was at when I when I posted on um that question on Instagram or that topic yeah, it's really relatable. I actually basically had a very similar conversation with a friend yesterday around careers and jobs and just there are people out there that, yeah, since they were young or since middle school, high school, they've just known that they wanted to do 
X and very similar for me too. I'm like, I don't like, I, you know, I've, I've had ideas of things I wanted to do and I've been able to do them, but we were talking about it and I'm like, I, maybe I'm just like a little bit, I get bored easily too. So <laughs> maybe that's also like a little bit more fluid and you know how I live my life and I, I'm probably probably not just like that personality that would just pick one thing and know it anyway but it it's easy definitely to become lost and just say like well what like what do I actually want and and we'll get into like maybe how you figured it out because that's always a question that I have as I've I've navigated my career and I've done a lot of different things too it's just like what how do you how do you figure it out and maybe maybe you don't but (laughs) maybe it's always just a guessing game and you know, you celebrate the wins when you enjoy it. I was going to say, I do, I mean, I do think that the world that we live in really caters to um, a specific path. And, you know, I don't want to necessarily say traditional path. Um, I think historically it has been a traditional path, but I, I mean, I talk to more people in our generation. There is a lot more opportunity now to do things differently, to work from home, to be an entrepreneur and because there are options, I think more people are exploring those options. So I don't even know if we can necessarily say that historically, like our generation is different than previous ones. I just think there's a lot more opportunity, which opens up a questioning um, that other generations didn't necessarily have. Like there was a path, like that was the choice. And we have a lot more choices. And I think given that there is the people who don't tend towards the I know that I want this and I'm gonna just keep going for it um are starting to come to the surface and be more vocal about it um and it might not even be one person versus another per se I mean I don't know if I would have found life coaching when I was younger would I have just stuck with it I have no idea because this feels like my life's work but I too have have jumped around. I get bored super easily. Um, so I do, I think there's a, several things going on <clears throat> in all of this of, you know, different learning styles, different ways of being and more options and choices to be able to embrace our own lifestyle and an invitation too of like, who do you want to be? What do you want to do? And I don't think those questions really existed ever before. And so we're living in a pretty unique time, um, to kind of be wrestling with that and having those questions layer on to a society that has mostly been created in a way that caters to like you pick one thing and you stick with it for the rest of your life you know it's almost like some things have moved forward faster than others and there's probably some catch-up so I don't know I guess I share that from a standpoint of I think there's a lot more people out there that are having these same questions and I don't think there's anything wrong with it and I don't think it means anything about anyone but I do know like I'm 37 when I was younger um I don't know how old you are Megan but when I was even below 30 a lot of times it was like you don't want to you don't want to show bouncing around on your resume that's a really bad thing you know or like you got to make sure that you show at least five years within one company at least three And I don't know if that's necessarily the case anymore, although I know that there are still some, some, you know, older generations that definitely look at that still, but I don't know, it's kind of getting blown up a little bit, which I I like. So anyway, I'm trying to say you guys are normal (laughs) and 
there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> and I think every the world is adjusting significantly, obviously, with COVID. But even beyond that, it's adjusting because things are moving and changing at such a rapid rate. How do we adjust to the way that we actually are now? So, Well, and that's, and that's why, you know, I... It's funny because I typically probably wouldn't feel bad about saying like, yeah, I've, I've had a, a lot of different jobs and I've had a lot of different experiences, but it, I have heard, um, just at different places of employment, like, oh, well, I see that, you know, in my interviews, maybe they'll bring up just the fact like, oh, like, can you explain this a little more about like, you were only there for a few months. And a lot of times, you know, when I was transitioning into roles, it was just based on circumstances that I couldn't control, like moving, um, to Milwaukee right? Like I would have stayed at my job. I really loved my job that I had in Chicago out of graduation, but just life happened and I had to move. And so if I'm given the opportunity to explain that, I feel like people understand a little little bit more, but I just feel like, you know, it's funny, even my parents, because my mom and my dad have been pretty much doing the same thing their whole life. And I know given the circumstances, times were a lot different and more people are going to college and all of these things. But I even just some of my friends, you know, we'll be having the same conversations and be feeling the same way about our jobs. And but there's just some of my friends that are just totally sticking it out. And I always thought, am I doing this wrong? Like, should I really just be dedicating my time to this one company? And, you know, I there I always just thought like there's some commitment issue maybe with me. But then I would go back and forth and say, but I'm always going to be changing. I'm a completely different person. How am I expected to stay with one job for the rest of my life? It just sounds crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, though, I don't know. For me, I kind of went for a while. I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to do the same thing forever. That's And I kind of made it bad. Um, and I was just like, people aren't supposed to do that. And people aren't blah, 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 blah. And I've I found myself sometimes at various times in my life as I look back um where I had these moments where people would say to me gently just because it's not for you doesn't make it wrong and it it happened when I was kind of villainizing the corporate you know not people who were in corporate but just like that culture and then it happened again when I was working at Aviva and I was like girls shouldn't have to be put into these boxes of being like a model and a cheerleader. And somebody was like, but what if they want to be? And so all of a sudden, those two moments for me of like recognizing that it's actually great that there are some people who want to stick out a job forever. Like that's really good. It's really good that some people want jobs that I don't want to have because there need, I believe in like the system of things, the ecosystem, like we need all of it. We need the people who are like going to get bored and shake things up. And then we need the people who are going to be tried and true, steady, consistent, sticking it out in jobs that I would be bored after two years. You know, like I have friends who have had the same job since college and we graduated 15 years ago and several of them. And I have not been that way. And so um, I don't know. I think it's, I've, I've appreciated being able to get that, get to that meta view of recognizing that my contribution is going to look different and the path that it takes for me to get there is going to look different and all are needed and okay. Um, so I don't know, just sharing that. Yeah. 
I always wish we had more more time to experiment though too, because school like you take classes, but I feel like it's not necessarily the you know it's not exactly the same. Like I would love. Do you remember that show Dirty Jobs where he would just do like all these really random jobs for like I don't know a couple of days? Is what I'm talking about. Yeah, like yeah. a garbage man for a day. Yeah. I'm like, can we do that? I mean, I guess there's probably places that you can do that, but that's. I feel like I need that. I need a, a sampler platter of different jobs and just to experience them. Not, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if this is landing for anyone else, but I mean, I think all three of us are in that same boat. Like, I'm an experiential learner, which is why mm-hmm. I've had jobs across the board. Like, why I went from a six-figure salary to working. L- hourly at a gym you know like and (laughs) and for me yeah that was my that was my thing that I needed as part of my growth and I have my own reasons for it and uh, I can now make it sound so eloquent as to why I was doing that but going into it it was because I was like well I for sure know that I don't want to take the next ladder rung that's fucking scary I'm not really sure what the hell I want and so I jumped off the ladder and there was an abyss there for a while. So like, I think it's really easy to curate this very inspiring story when the fact of the matter is like when I made that transition, when I was in my young thirties, a lot of people were like, you're a fucking moron. Like, what are you doing? And yes, I did have people actually say those words to me. And, and so but that, like, for some people, it's like, why would you ever walk away from a six-figure salary where you have, like, this cush position? And and for me, there was there was reason to it. My heart wasn't in it. I was I was dying in that position, and and I did had no I had no self worth at all. It was all tied up in my job and my title. And for me, I had to go through the experience of similar to what you're saying, like work at a nonprofit, not have a job, apply to be a front desk worker at a gym and to wrestle Mm -hmm. with like, can I be okay with myself? Like, why am I feeling better going into an hourly job at a gym versus getting paid a lot of money? Like on one hand, it feels like shit. On another hand, it feels liberating. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's, it is... I wouldn't say the world is necessarily, there are options, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily made for us to have the permission to explore. We kind of have to like do it on our own. And I don't know, there takes, for me, it took a shit ton of grit to like continue Uh to show up and to continue to not go back to the things that I could. I mean, when I moved to Milwaukee, there were tons of agency jobs that's what my background is in. And I started going to interviews there because I was like, what are you fucking doing, Rachel? Like, you have this career path. You love the people that are in it. It's creative. It checks all these boxes. And I'd go for these interviews, and I just couldn't follow through with it anymore. Um, But similar to what you were saying, Megan, like, along the way, I got a lot of people that were like, okay, so now you have this gap here and you jumped around from all these different positions and like it didn't make sense to people and it didn't honestly really make sense to me either until one day I fell in life coaching and then I was like, oh, and then I could put all my focus into that. But until then, it took a ton of like having to really calm myself down 
and trust in the weird feelings that I was getting from my heart of like, this is a hell no, this is a yes. I don't know why it's a freaking yes, but I'm going to do it. Um, And actually there's a quote from Steve Jobs that I think carried me through a lot of my time when I was just like, none of this is connecting at all. Um, And he was like, when you turn around, because I'm sure everybody knows the story. Like he dropped out of school. He decided to only take classes that spoke to him for whatever reason. He didn't overthink it. Like he took calligraphy class and he took these other things. And he's like, and when I turned around after all those years, all the dots completely made sense. But when I was in it, it seemed like a total like scatterbrained, like what the fuck are you doing? And I just kept saying that to myself, like all these dots will connect as long as I like listen as long as I don't make the decision out of fear and when I hear the no, I don't go through with it even though it might seem fucking asinine. I don't know. I just like did it until one day now I'm here and I'm like, oh, the reason I worked at the gym was so I could meet Janelle so that we could create this podcast because what we're saying in the podcast actually supports the work I'm doing as a life coach and all the things we're doing with the True North Collective is what I actually wanted to do it's just crazy. And I never could have told you that that's what was going to happen when I, when I leapt off that ladder. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, you worked at Spire to meet me. It was yeah. for me. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I, okay. And I'm like massively on a soapbox right now. So I'm going to get down. <laughs> um, but I guess I wanted to say it is confusing and nobody can tell you, like I can sit here and be like, it's worth it. And like, just whatever. I mean, it's fucking uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And it's uncomfortable because the only person who's going to know when you've gotten to that place of like, oh yeah. Okay. This feels like it is you. And even when I got to that place of like, I think it's life coaching. I hate that name. And so I'm still finding my way through it, but it's like, it does feel different. It's like when somebody says, when you meet that person, you're just going to know. And that's intuition. And it's like, it's true. <laughs> like You will just know and you can't explain it until you're there. And that doesn't mean that it's your lifelong thing. It means you listen to for that feeling and you hone in on that feeling as much as you can and keep following that feeling from a place of trust. And again, easier conceptually said than, um, you know, it seems simple, but it's not always easy. Um, but I do have a question for you, Megan. Yeah. When you were making those cha- shifts, all the all the shifts that you've made, was it all circumstantial for you, or was there an inner drive in any of them? You know, I gotta say that I probably used me saying that it was circumstantial. A lot of them were, but I probably use that as like my safety net of a, as an excuse to make it seem better. Even though to me it feels right, regardless, you know, whether if I'm transitioning from a job, it always feels like it's always felt like the right thing to do for me. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, but even though, so I feel like sometimes, like if I'm really thinking, being honest with myself, I think there are some circumstances where I would say, or some job shifts that I would say, oh, circumstantial because, and I would fill in the blank with X, Y, and Z of an excuse because that's the way I would have to explain it to other people. Totally. totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, but it's always every transition I've ever made, every job, whether I've had two or three at a time has always 
I've always been very sure of myself in those moments. And that's that I've always kind of been like that. Um, and I, it's, it's one of those things where it's a totally a gift and a curse that I'm like so sure when I want something and it might not turn out the way that I think, but it feels right to me and I totally go for it. Um, so what I was going to say to just summarizing some of the things that you said, Rachel, it's like so funny, the perspective of these things, because when I look at you guys, right. And I see you're running this podcast and I've, I've, I've like kind of kept up and followed you guys since like, you know, since meeting you in Milwaukee and things like that. I look at you guys, like whether you're doing a bunch of different things or you're staying with the same thing for a long time, I'm always like, they got it figured out. Like, I feel like every single move is so intentional. And so like they have an end goal. And if they move to this job or, you know, Janelle moved across the country, like it always just made sense. When I look at other people, it just makes me feel like, man, like they got it figured out, whether it's they're staying with loyal to one company forever or they're moving to a different position. It seems strategic. And I don't realize that that's not always the case for other people, just like it is for me. You know, yeah. we started out and I'm like, I never, <laughs> I never really know what I'm doing. <laughs> just like, Nobody yeah, does. you wait for this opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And that is a good point. I mean, I love the, the hell yeah, hell no um, idea too, because for me, when I took the job at MindBody and I moved across the country I mean, that was the biggest hell yes, stars aligning experience I think I've really had in probably my life. I mean, getting the job at Spire was too, it was the perfect set of circumstances. And I know my dad just brought that up. He's like, what if I would have never, because my dad ended up being my connection to Jim and Jared who opened up Spire originally um, because he was doing the build out. I know you guys have probably both heard that story. Um <laughs> But he's like, what, (laughs) you know, what if I had never brought it up to you? Like, I would have maybe still be in, I mean, I probably wouldn't be in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, but you you know, you never know. Um, But then even the mind body transition too, it's just, it was something that I had applied for. I mean, it looked cool, but just everything sort of fell in place. The selling of my condo in, you know, a day, basically two days Um, getting the job, like moving, you know, it all happened so quickly, but with such ease. And I can't imagine my life, like if I didn't make this move and because of how impactful it's been, like the people that I've met and just the experiences I've had, but you don't, yeah, you don't see that at the beginning. It was just like, holy shit, I'm just moving. And now it makes sense. And I feel like I'm at another point in my life now where I'm looking forward and I feel lost. Like I don't, there's no map in front of me and I'm just waiting for that. Hell yes. Um, but yeah, when you look back, it's so much easier just to say, Oh, but everything was perfect. Like it all, it all worked out how it was supposed to, but yeah, definitely not, not all figured out here. (laughs) Well, it's a lot of blank space. Yeah, no. And I think that what's was really confusing for me was when I, I was in college and especially the, like where I went to school, Iowa city is, even though the school is big, um, the town is really small. So I just felt that like when you're kind of in this college bubble, you have all these opportunities kind of just like at your fingertips. Right. So when I was, um, you know, going into recreation therapy, I worked as an activity assistant at a long-term care facility. Right. And they're just, all the people working there are in college and they're really thriving and they're working really hard and all these things. And, you know, I worked with Special Olympics, but I, my um, academic advisor worked with them at some point. So that's 
I always felt like I had a connection to these really, really cool and unique experiences. So when I chose recreation therapy as a career, I was like, wow, I get to impact all of these people like doing recreational things, like enhancing, you know, their quality of life through fun and just playing games and all these things. And but with there being a goal in mind, you know what I mean? So I just was so excited to graduate with that. And then I moved to North Carolina for my internship and I had the most amazing experience. And I was like, oh, this is real life. Like this is exactly what's supposed to happen. This is the reward after college because you work so hard to get this degree. And then now look at the sky is the limit. But then when you kind of get outside of that college bubble and you learn about different businesses and how healthcare works throughout the country and things like that, I'm like, wow, this is it's not what I expected. The opportunities aren't all there the way that I thought they would be. Um, and especially with, you know, recreation therapy being such a smaller field, a lot of the really cool jobs, like helping people like rehabilitate by doing um, like adaptive sports and things like that. It, when someone gets that job, they stay there for a long time. So those or working like a VA and different things like that. The opportunities aren't always there. You, you know, because people are staying in them for a really long time. So I was like, wow, this is totally not what I expected. So that I just feel like hits you so hard. And then it just makes you <laughs> question your whole life. And you're like, did I do the right thing? Did I get the right degree? And now I have this debt on top of it. So it just, it's been such a crazy experience, even just since the day I graduated, I've just felt like, wow, I've been really discovering myself and trying to figure everything out. <laughs> Beautiful process. <laughs> it really is. It and really an is. ugly one sometimes, <laughs> at least for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you feel like in essence you're doing, you're headed in the direction that you want? I can't imagine that I'm not. It's hard to look at it that way. I think, Rachel, like when you were saying how, you know, when you think about the moment and where you are right now in your life, you're like, oh, yeah, all of those steps make sense. You know, like even my last job that I had, it set me up so perfectly for the job that I have now. I didn't even think that that I was actually qualified for the job that I have now. I was just, you know, really looking for a new opportunity. I felt like I was outgrowing my position. I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel of where I could really transition in my company. And I was just aimlessly applying for jobs and just really look in, especially to like in Milwaukee, you know, really looking into like what businesses and companies are really thriving. Um, I just really wanted something a little more stable than what I've had in the past. And so um, I didn't, I didn't look at myself. Like, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to ch- apply for this job and see what happens. And I got an interview and it wasn't until I was interviewing, really understanding what the position was. That I was like, wow, like every step that I've taken has prepared me for this moment. And I'm sure that the position I have now is doing the same thing for whatever's next, you know? And so, yeah, in the moment, I don't, I don't notice it, but in the long run, I'm just like, I don't, I just don't know how I got here. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. You, what I heard you say earlier is that you actually do know what it feels like to follow a yes versus follow a no within you. It doesn't necessarily have to be a hell yes or a hell no. Like you can actually sense within you when like this is no longer right for me and this is. Is that true? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. I've always kind of been like that. Um, I think it's just because I... I'm so much more afraid of the regret. Like I'm someone like 
for like, for example, this is a really random example, but like, I'm really afraid of heights. Right. But if you take me up the stairs to like go zip lining or something, like I have to, like, I have to do it. I will not like, I, even though it's probably afterwards, I'm gonna be like, why did I do that? I should have never have done it. It just all, even just like picking out an apartment. Like I've always just, when something feels right to me and I'm doing my, re- I just feel like I feel it in my gut. And sometimes it doesn't, it totally doesn't work out. And I'm like, totally just like eating my words and everything that I has just been promoting for weeks and weeks and weeks. And that's really hard for me. I think like the de- coming down from that is really, really difficult. I ha- it hits me really hard where it's, it's can be debilitating at times because you know, you're just, you're feeling like so sure of yourself, you know, but I think I just naturally kind of have that in me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we all do. And a lot of people numb it out. And so if I was going to invite you I would say give yourself permission to keep leaning into that and keep practicing it because to me when I followed intuition not from a place of well like I get don't even want to qualify it it can be whatever that means to you um following my heart really getting quiet enough or my way of being able to really listen uh, because our bodies are constant it's a system like our thoughts are one input and there's actually a lot of other inputs that we can take into consideration. And when we can hone in what it feels like to actually follow our heart, which is in my perspective, our, the seat of our soul um, and our inner guidance system, it just like every single time it has not proven me wrong. And if I would have talked to you 10 years ago, I would have said, yeah, okay, great. Like that's not, I was very numbed out. Like I, I did not know. I did know. I actually did know looking back on it, but I couldn't tell what it felt like yet. And so being able to be connected to that has been the biggest gift and the such a, like trusting that muscle has been such a game changer for me in being able to stay present in where I am and to know that when I get a hit of what needs to happen next, Um, I will be able to listen to it and I'll know what to do even if it's I mean it doesn't always mean that the hit I get is like yay like in fact (laughs) many times the hit is like fuck really that's what and I fight it and I fight it and I fight it and then when I finally do it it is exact it is what I was supposed to do and I do it and I go through you know whatever I need to to get comfortable with it Um, so I would say you know it sounds like you're in it. Like you're living in like what you're saying you want and what you see other people doing. You actually are doing it even though it might not feel like it for you because I think what people portray on the outside of what it looks like isn't necessarily what they experience on the inside. Like like I've shared with you the process from the time you've met me until now what you've seen on the outside versus what I just shared with you on what's going on on the inside. And there's so much fucking more on the inside, (laughs) you know, it doesn't always match up. And, and so you're actually probably more in it and being an example of what you think you aren't being than you maybe realize. Well, see, and here's where this doubt part comes from. It's, I feel like I say that I go for it, but at the same time, I know that I'm, I'm setting parameters around it. You know, I know I feel something in me that feels like there's more or, but there is still like that safety net of, you know, whether 
if I wanted to like start a business or I wanted to just, you know, just kind of go on the, like go on the limb and like move across the country, things like that. Like, I feel like there's things like that in my, like in my heart that I really want to do, but I, it's, it's crossing that line for me that I think is where my doubt lies. You know what I mean? Because I'm still working for really, you know, stable companies and it's still within somewhat of this box, you know, and I'm, you know, what's so funny, Rachel, I think about this like regularly that one of our one-on-ones at Kickapoo, because this is the story of my life. I think I remember us meeting up and we were talking about just like things that had been happening at the studio and things like that. And you were like asking me, you know, I was telling you just like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I just felt like lost, always feeling lost. Right. And I remember you saying, you're like, well, Megan, like you've come up with like these ideas of, of events to have. Like, I think we had like some event that was going on that might've been like, bring your significant other, like guys day at the, at the studio, or we had had something going on like a challenge where you could meet up with another um brand ambassador another instructor and like go to classes together and you can like get points and like all that stuff and we had talked about all these cool ideas and you're pretty much you were pretty much like well we've done all of those things but I like wasn't showing up to them and like wasn't participating and it's like totally story of my life that, that there's always just something extra that's there that I'm not like I, I can come up with like ideas of things that I want to do, but I've, I've never taken that like actual risky step. Like every step that I've taken hasn't to me, hasn't been like that risky. It feels right within the within some like parameters. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's a really cool awareness. And I would say same. (laughs) I know it might not seem like it from the outside, but same. I mean, I keep moving the line slowly inch by inch, I think it's very, very human to, I guess, I don't know, I guess I'm hearing you say that you might not think that you're able to take the leap the the way other people are, but I think that you are able to, at least what I'm sensing is that, well, maybe I'm sensing that you realize you want to move the line and you're like ready to move the line because some of the things some of the things you have done have been way outside of the box for other people, you know? And so you do take leaps. It's just, it's, sometimes it's a lot harder to see our own leaps that we are taking. And what I'm, again, what I'm hearing in this is that I'm ready to move the line and period. <laughs> so I'm ready I guess to move so. the line. <laughs> move the line. Move the line. I know. And you can oh, like do it that. and do it in your way, you know, like, but move it. Just yeah. like, even if it's like a hairline move, that's fucking celebratable. Like, celebrate that. Yeah. That's because that's we, what I do. That's you just how keep sticking your happens. toes over the line. Yeah. And then it moves. <laughs> yeah. Like, all of them, though. Like, well, maybe not all of them. You choose so many, but I'm like a three to four toe over the line kind of girl. You know, you keep like one behind <laughs> the line. Well, and it's interesting it's to right. me how easy it can be to like when we do something that's an act of courage, that's even like a very, very small step. Like, a gigantic act of courage for me was like, I don't know, like having for one second of a day feeling like I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like something really, really small, like a huge act of courage can be very, very small. And it, it's like we quickly can put on this like self-critical 
like it's not enough it's not a big enough leap it's not like now we start judging like it to such hell that we can't even appreciate the fact that we actually are moving the line and so I don't know take that for whatever it's worth um I guess I just really want you to know that like there are big changes that I want to make in my life even currently and it can be really easy to get into like black and white for me to get into black and white thinking of like either it looks like my ideal state or it's shit and I have to really reframe and come back to the present moment of like you know for whatever reasons maybe it's not possible for it to look like the ideal dream state at this point in time and and that's why I asked about the essence and in essence can I check in with that and go okay you know what will be the essence of that experience that I think I will get to have and can I start to bring it in now and allow the form to be whatever it is now even if it's just like an indifferent and celebrate the fuck out of that because the only way I'm going to get there is to continue to practice getting comfortable with it getting different and sometimes that exponential growth shift happens really fast and other times it happens a lot fucking slower and that's annoying but I kind of have to just like okay I can sit in the annoyance of it until I don't want to sit in the annoyance of it anymore and I'm like ready to just like okay I'm going to celebrate myself today but it's like it's a process it's absolutely a process so yeah I think a good example is kind of connected to that is sometimes even silence is an act of courage and so because it feels silent or you're actually not taking action even sometimes people don't see it like I recently did that in my life around a scenario where normally I'm so action-based and I want I want to take this big step or this action but actually the the act of courage for me was to not take action or to not speak and just I mean I guess stepping away would be an action but um and being intentional that way. But for anyone outside of my experience, they would have no idea that that was an act of courage, right? They might not even have any idea it's happening. So, I mean, even you asking the question and like contemplating or saying like, I see all these other people, do, like that is an act of courage. For you to be honest enough with yourself to recognize like there's a gap between how I am stepping into my life and how I see other people stepping into theirs um that's a huge fucking act of courage a lot of people don't even want to look at that so um there's a woman that I coach who wants to write a book and she was like kind of getting outside of herself about it because she was like oh where do I start how am I gonna do this what's it gonna be am I gonna be and I was like you're already writing it Like, the fact that the idea, the seed is there, means, like, you're in it. This is writing the book. (laughs) Like, this is you taking the leap. This is your, you're doing it. And so, have, like, courage. Like, you're fucking having a conversation, a really vulnerable conversation with us on this podcast about the exact (laughs) thing that you're wrestling with. Like, that takes freaking mighty courage, you know? And I don't know. It's like, it's so cool. I guess I just want to acknowledge you for like being here and having this conversation with us because there's a lot of people that are having the same uncertainties that you are and they are not willing to DM somebody and 
put themselves out there to the capacity that you are. And so you are doing it. I see you doing it. <laughs> well, I to- no, I totally appreciate that. And you want to know what's so funny is that, you know, everyone talks about like manifesting things and I never believed it. I always like, man, how do people just say like, they manifested this to happen. And I totally think like being this podcast, I like manifested it because I, this is the first like opportunity I've had to like really like concretely, I feel like I get what manifestation means. And like, this is totally it because I would just be listening to your, well, I've always just like really admired you guys and just like had really positive experiences, like interacting with you guys at Spire and things like that. So I was just like, man, they're like so out there doing it. And you know what? I actually kind of feel like I know where a lot of my self-doubt comes from as much like being assured like being sure of the things that I want I a lot of my doubt I know comes from the fact that like this is probably not going to sound good for me at all but um just the fact that I feel like I've always been told in some capacity that I could have re could have I've like never reached my full potential I was told that in college at one point because of a class that I took or something and you know, my professor told me like, you could have had it like an A plus in this class, but you like, I didn't show up the amount of times or something happened. And I was like, but I still feel like I got the concept, you know, I got, I did what I needed to do. I got it done, you know? So I never, I feel like I've been told that more times than not. And I'm still trying to figure out what am I not doing to feel like I'm reaching my full potential. There's always that something that's lingering in the back of my mind. Like there's something more I should be doing, but I have never had a plan on how to figure that out. You know, it's funny. I remember you telling me that when we were at Spire and I remember walking, <laughs> walking away and going, holy shit, that chick actually knows how to value her time because you knew how, what I heard and what was a gift for me because I'm such a perfectionist and I am always trying to like strive to be what everybody tells me they think I should be and can be and da 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 You in that moment gave me permission to recognize where in my life I can do like enough and to be able to make space for the stuff that's actually really important. So, (laughs) so where are you not living? (laughs) No, like honestly, so it's like there may be strength and in the fact that that is some, like there is a strength in that in you. There is a modeling in that, 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 the world deserves to see. And I mean, granted, if you feel like I'm just half-assing it to half-ass it, I mean, that's, you get to decide what you want to do, but I guess I'm just kind of flipping it on its head a little bit for you to see that the way that you are when you are just being you and not overthinking it, there's strength in that. And there was strength in it for me. So Oh, thank you. That's super nice. No, no, I just. Oh, I'm not being nice. I'm being totally honest. (laughs) No, I know. But no, but that really, I mean, that just really makes me feel because that that's something that sits like so, so deeply with me. You know what I mean? It's just something that really, it's, it's just that my one little, you know, if I could have a constant roadblock in my life or just how I feel about things and the decisions that I make. It's constantly based on, am I doing everything that I can? Or am I, I should, people keep telling me I should be doing more, more, but I don't know what more to give because I feel like I'm dispersing myself so evenly across the board. And I just don't even know, I don't even know if I'm aware of my own potential and like what, I'm always just kind of like, I'm doing okay. This is okay. This is fine. Yeah. But 
I, but then there's also something missing, you know what I mean? So I, I go back and forth with that all the time. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I recently, I'm in another coaching certification that, um, the topic that they've been talking about lately are values. And I feel like I've like learned all that I could possibly learn about values, but of course that's not true. So I (laughs) am sitting in this thing and somebody said, what our values are, are the things that we spend our whole life wrestling with. Like, and it's where our greatest gifts are, but it's where we spend. And I was like, holy shit. And so one of my values is always authenticity, but I, I've never like, I don't know. Values just have been this thing that's like, yeah, it's there, but because I'm being asked to really dig into them, I all of a sudden realize that like, that my values are the things that I'm constantly going to be wrestling with. And, and then I was like, oh my gosh, so I am a stand for authenticity and it's my thing because I want to wrestle with it and I want to keep like playing with it and dissecting it and pushing it and not because it's like I know exactly how to do it, but in that I, I probably am more like quote unquote experienced with it because I play with it so much, but it's like one of the most difficult things that you'll end up dealing with in your life too. And so I'm just, it, it came up for me. And so I wonder if there's a value around something with this, um, that is actually something that means so much to you that it's like your point of tension. (laughs) Like it's the thing that's the most important to you, but it's your point of tension and the thing that you're going to be playing with a lot. I don't know what it would be. I was trying to see if like a value is rising to the top for me, but I, my intuition is telling me that it's for you to name not me so yeah and I know too that like when I initially you know and I feel like I have some things that I've done in my life that just really um kind of reinforce like maybe I haven't reached my full potential I mean I obviously you're definitely you're always striving towards that and being trying always trying to strive towards being a better person and things like that I definitely I know that's a constant theme for me but even just the fact that I was so confident going to college that I was going to be an eye doctor. And then I ended up switching my, my major, which I'm totally okay with. Um, but at the same time, I'm thinking, did I just not challenge myself enough? Like, is this something that I should have done? So it just, you know, even though I know for, I know that I did the right, I feel very strongly about the fact that I feel like I did the right thing, you know? So, but there's just always that question in the back of my mind that if other people are saying this in me about, you know, what I'm not reaching my full potential. What other potential do, do people see in me and how am I able to achieve that? Because I, I'm just so blind to it. I like can't see it, you know? Yeah. And maybe can you allow yourself to just, if you felt like you did your full potential, can there just be a period after that and all of the other things, all the other thoughts and ideas, especially when they come from other people, it's like, yeah, okay. That's one perspective. And like, how far do you want to take that? Do you want to take it to the expense of yourself? Or do you want to say, like, cool, that's actually the projection of their reality. So, like, maybe that professor saw something in you that triggered him or her to say, man, I don't like it when I don't live into my full potential. And he perceived your way of being as that. And that was his projection on you. And then he said it out loud. Sure. And you took it as yours, even though actually what I heard you say is that I di- that didn't feel true to me. But now I'm going to second guess myself because this was a professor and they had expertise and they 
what they can see me more than I can see me it's like it's so crazy how that works and I'm saying this not as somebody who's like an expert I'm saying it as somebody who like I have that stuff too where I put more merit on other people that I've deemed as being more wise or whatever and then they say something that is like for whatever reason hits a chord and it is so it's too it's like it's too coincidental that it would hit it so perfectly and be so the opposite of like wait now what huh but when I can take a step back and be like oh yeah that person is living in their own reality and them seeing me go through this experience is actually the things that they're saying are the things that they'd be telling themselves if they were in my situation and that's to make them feel however they want to feel so I'm going to give an example I was um having this was like profound for me and why I can actually say this the way that I can because before this I don't think I really had grasped it um probably like four months ago I was with like a whole bunch of other meditation teachers and we were at a coffee shop and we were talking about like relationships and I was sharing with them kind of where I was at with like a my relationship in my life and they started basically like advising me and I was just like I was sitting there and I was just like they're saying all these things and I was just like oh my god nothing that they're saying has anything to do with me like they're giving me all this advice based on what they need to tell themselves to feel comfortable with themselves if they happened to be in the situation that I was in and that's all I'm witnessing right now is like them talking about to like to at me but it's really about themselves and what they would need and how they would feel and what they would be thinking if they were in my position. And that's all that's happening right now. And I was able to just totally sit there and hear them say these things to me. And I was just like, cool. I actually know what's best for me right now. And I, you know, what, <laughs> and like, it was really weird. I'd never, oh, all the other times in my life, if I was like, wrestling with something and then sharing it with a group and they were giving me their perspective I would take that on and all of a sudden it was like I just could feel it I was like oh they're uncomfortable with what I'm going through and so they are telling me what would make themselves feel comfortable right now and that's totally cool and so I was able to let them finish and then be like thank you for those perspectives this is what my truth is in this and like walk away and feel totally fine and so I, and not that that is like the way I operate now, but um, I tap into that experience when I'm feeling like I'm taking on other people's stuff because it's so easy to do it. But the reality is that it's literally just most of the time, most of the time, um, I would say it's people kind of seeing you in a situation and then responding with how they'd respond to themselves if they were in that situation, if that makes any sense. At least that feels like my truth. Yeah. We're all just storytellers, right? And I think you can take that example and you can almost apply that to your internal stories and thoughts too. Like sometimes because of beliefs and experiences and things, like we tell ourselves those same exact stories, but they're not necessarily helpful. Like I, I mean, I do that all the time in my head. I'm constantly like going over the same story. And like, so for example, 
your story might be the I'm, you know, I have more potential to give and you're telling your that story over and over again. And that might not necessarily be the, you know, the truth. Cause I do that with other things too. Like the, Oh, this is a story where, you know, someone's rejecting me and now I'm going to be hurt and wounded, but that's just a perception in my brain. You know, I, I'm making up that story. Like that, I have no idea what that other person is experiencing and, like Rachel said, a lot of times it's their own shit. Like it actually has nothing to do with me. So I always just try to remind myself and Rachel kind of how you can like thank other people, even outside of yourself of like, Oh, thank you for that, that thought and not take it on. Like I have to do that with myself sometimes. Like I will tell myself a story and then I have to go like, Oh, thank you. Thank you for that thought or that story. But like, I actually don't want to own that. And that's just all in my own brain. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) like find a level deeper. Yeah. Well, we don't, really learn how to like unpack like we don't really learn how to listen to ourselves first of all so then we take on all these other things that other people have said that we deem you know as youngsters we're like we don't know any better and so we do take on a lot of what other people say we you know we validate the things outside of us a lot more than we do and that's really really normal like that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us like and that becomes our unconditioned thinking like you said you know the stories that we've created the beliefs that we've allowed to just like be the assumptions about who we are and there's no space to like examine or unpack that I mean there I with life coaching and other you know therapy and there you know there's groups of people like we we talked to a guy Jack last week who had a group of friends that just happened to be like really transparent and vulnerable with each other Um, so if, you know, maybe church does that for some people. So there are spaces, but I think at large, there isn't really a place to say like, Hey, let's examine some of these like assumed programs within our systems. And like, which ones do we actually want to still be there? And which don't we want to be there? So you're absolutely right, Janelle, like, you know, taking it in inward, it's the same thing. Like, what are we, what do we have happening within us? that might not even be ours, that we have like made ours. And what do we want to do with that? Now we get to be responsible and choose for ourselves, um, which again, takes a shit ton of courage. (laughs) I have a full list on my wall right now. This is very relevant also because I'm life coaching and in therapies. So all of it's coming up, but of (laughs) beliefs that I want to reevaluate. It's just like a list of all of these things like relationships and their purpose, the definition of success, monogamy, soulmate, spirituality, like all, (laughs) like all these things. But like you said, I think a lot of times we don't like, and I, at least I haven't spent the time to really say like, what do I believe around these things? And what do I believe today? Because it might not be the same as what I believed five years ago, 10 years ago. And so just like going back through all of the things and saying like, what, what is your belief? Like, what, what do you want to connect with? What do you want to hold on to? Because we talk about this all the time. It's all fucking made up. So is that reality the one you want to lean into? But I'll get off my soapbox too. I have a question for both of you and it kind of connects to everything we've been talking about. And it, and it's something that I sometimes struggle with at least lately is just like building up trust again in myself and my own tuition intuition. Um, so how do you both, in those times of clarity, like how do you feel like you've truly connected with your intuition? <laughs> so is your question, what does it feel like when we recognize that we're disconnected from our intuition or 
what can you reframe that? Like when you're actually, yeah, yeah. Like how do you connect with your intuition? Because it's something like, and I can give you, I guess where it's coming from in the back of my head is I, I have always felt that I've had a strong intuition, but lately I feel like either I probably haven't been listening to it or I, I just feel like a little shaken. And so I'm trying to build that trust up again with my intuition but sometimes I think we can say like we have intuition, but it's like, how do we connect to it? Because when you start to get, at least for me, when I start to question the trusting it or am I in the right place? Like I'm, I have a hard time tapping back into it. So I'm just curious how you both tap into your intuition and know that you're connected with it versus not being connected with it. So I guess you could approach it from either way, whatever is easier to describe when you're outside of it or when you're actually there. I would say for me that my fear of regret and not some doing something is far scarier than, you know, what I'm actually, what my intuition is telling me to do, if that makes any sense. Um, just because I feel, I physically feel something like in my body when I'm, I'm ready to make a, take a leap of faith or it can be literally from choosing a job to picking out an apartment. When I walk in somewhere, I feel it. Um, I do do a lot of research to kind of make me feel a little bit like I'm not completely just, you know, you know, jumping in to something that I'm unfamiliar with, but I just feel like I think about it and I'm like, how would I be able, if I decide not to do this? what is that going to feel like afterwards? And will I be able to live with myself if I don't do it? Does that make sense? Yeah. Thanks for telling me. Yeah. How about you, Rachel? Um, okay. <laughs> it's not, it's very organic. And um, so when I've been numbed out and I, like when I was younger and I was numbed out and I was tapping into my intuition or I didn't, I wasn't tapping into my intuition, it, but when I look back on it and my intuition was there, it was, um, quiet, simple, uh, feelings, not like sensations, knowings, knowings. It wasn't necessarily like a voice per se, but it was just like a knowing of like what the next step was. So like I can go back and be like, I knew that that wasn't the right person for me and I did it anyways. Um, and in the moment, it's just like, I don't know, it's just a knowing for me. Um, now that I play with intuition quite frequently or like inner knowing is what I think I would call it. Um, being able to put my hand on my heart and close my eyes and breathe and like, I think meditation has helped me be able, be able to tap into that space. Um, but it's like getting out of my own head and dropping into my body so that I can actually listen. Um, I mean, there's still times where I can't really tell if I'm, I'm like, okay, I think this is what I'm hearing. And so instead of trying to like even that is like gets me in my head. And so if I get into the headspace too much, I start to analyze it too much. And so then I'll try to take a break from it and I'll be like, okay, so today I'm just going to trust that that's what the answer was. And I'm going to see what the next 48 hours looks like. And so I just lean into that. Um, and then I usually, when I let, when I stop trying to force myself to 
like it's when I get into the analysis that I, I get pulled away. And so if I can just allow myself to like experiment and like, okay, I believe that that's what my inner knowing was today. So I'm going to just play, I'm just going to be in that space. I'll usually, it'll allow me to let go enough to be able to hear more stuff, if that makes any sense. I think so. It's a, it's definitely not a, a concrete experience. So that's just why I'm curious because I find myself like constantly questioning, like, is, is this your intuition? Is this true? Is this coming from fear? Is this coming from your body? Is this just a story in your mind? <laughs> I mean, for me, for me, intuition is not fear-based. And so yeah, I know it, yeah. that if I'm doing something to avoid something that to me, that usually is an indicator that I am operating with something else. And so yep. it's, that's mine. Um, and so usually my intuition is, intuition is very non-binary. It is, it is, um, I mean, I don't want to use these like dumb words that kind of are meaningless, but like it's non-judgmental. It does not believe that there's right and wrong. It is, um, Oh my gosh, what is, it's unconditional. It's like, and it's coming from a place of like love that isn't at the expense of somebody else. That doesn't mean somebody else doesn't maybe like what I do, but it's not being overtly, it's honoring of self without dishonoring somebody else. That's, I've, that's what I've found is that my intuition tends to be that. So I can kind of check in if I'm unsure and be like, okay, these are like the two things that are rolling around um, but again, if I start analyzing, it usually means I'm in my head and I can't actually listen to what my intuition is saying. Um, and so I have to, in those decisions, in those situations, I either choose not to make a decision. So you said earlier, silence can be really powerful. Like choosing to not make a decision can be really powerful because it stops my brain enough that I can actually allow something else to show up. Um, and I, sometimes I have to actually like go do something else, like in the creative process, if you're trying to create some piece of content and you're trying and trying and trying and trying and trying, sometimes you just need to go like do the total opposite. And so, um, a lot of times if I get a hit and I'm not totally sure, I'll just like put it in the back, I'll like put it to the side and just be like, okay, cool. That maybe that's it. And I'll try not to overthink it. I'll just like really just move on with my life and see what other information I get. Or I also do shamanic journeying. So I'll like, I do meditations with my medicine wheel and I'll ask them for guidance or wisdom or insights that I haven't thought of. And I have my own way of doing that. Um, but that's always the second step. It's like my, my guidance system is the thing to be honored first and foremost for me and any of the other things, if I'm coming at it from a place of like trying to force it or trying to, um, you know, grasp at an answer, I know that I'm not going to get anywhere from there. So like, I have to be really paying attention to like when I start to grasp or when I'm starting to force it or when I'm feeling like desperate, because I know that that is getting me to an answer, an answer that's coming from a program versus, just an allowed answer, if that makes any sense. 
Um, so no, Rachel, I think, okay. I think having you answer that helps me kind of work through some of how, like how I feel about my own intuition. Mine is just such a very, it's such a physical feeling where I almost feel like I'll, it's just so like, I will burst if I don't have these conversations right now, or if I don't acknowledge what is happening inside, inside me, I will have a million conversations about whatever I'm feeling and what I'm deciding. Again, like I said, there are parameters. Like I don't, Nothing I feel like my body tells me to, or like my intuition kicks in about anything that's like really out there and really crazy. There's always like a safety net. And so, because I knew even with the job that I have now, um, it requires, I travel three weeks out of the month now. So I travel for three weeks, I come home on the weekends and then I'm off for like a week. And so jumping into this job, it was a complete life change given everything that's going on. It's a little different right now, but you know, I had to have these really, really tough conversations, you know, with my fiance, because that's, that's the thing that's hard too, right? There's relationships that you also have to, you know, take into consideration and honor and making sure that everything, you know, is good in the home front. And, you know, I always thought to myself, like, you know, um, this is just something that I needed to do. I always knew that. And I was like, really prepared to have those tough conversations and just say, hey, like, I need, the support and I need this to happen. What can I do for you? That's going to make this easier, you know, because this is something that I, I, I just felt like so strongly about that I needed to do. And luckily I have a really great support system and, you know, my fiance and I have been together for almost seven years now. So the conversations are a little different than they would have been probably when we first started dating, but, you know, and just seeing him, you know, um, just working so hard in his, career and just like work achieving that goal for him I'm just I I just see how rewarding it is and I'm just like totally trying to mirror that because he's just he just a really incredible person and I just feel like when I have my bot when my body tells me that it's something feels right I'm not I will look into it and I'm you know I'm not just aimlessly gonna go do something I'll make sure that it's safe and it's appropriate like for my life at the moment but I just I just really my intuition just tells me like I will burst if I don't if I don't do it, it will just feel so I'll be so uncomfortable and I won't be being true to myself whatsoever. I, I love that. I think, yeah, our intuition absolutely can be a feeling and each of us have different, I don't know. I'm really into like the, we, we've talked to, to Brooke on here before about psychic abilities and I hate that that word is so woo woo but like we all have more subtle ability (laughs) like subtle information that's coming through and for whatever reason different systems respond differently like I have a friend who does hear her intuition comes through as an audible um my dad's intuition comes through as smells which is so fucking weird um yours comes through in body Mine comes through in like a knowing, a sensing. And like, that's what's cool is that there isn't one way to, to do this. Like we each have a different way and like trust in that way that is yours. And I also really want to acknowledge like how cool it is for you to have a life partner that is inspiring you to, you know, get some answers for yourself that you maybe wouldn't have otherwise considered getting answers for. It sounds like he is a really inspiring model in your life. And again, not that going after the things that we want doesn't come with the gamut of discomfort, but it's really cool to see you being that inspired by your life partner to decide to make your life look a way that feels more aligned with who you want to be. It's 
it's beautiful. Yeah, no, I, I thank you. And I, you know, it's just so far, believe me, it's taken a long time for us to have that honest conversation because I would, you know, when he was going through school, I just saw how hard he was working. And I was like, who would want to do that? You know what I mean? I was like, I'm not ready to put in that effort towards something like we're so young. You know what I mean? I just think that my perspective on everything has just so, so, and especially with now having the mentality that it's, it isn't just about me. You know, I can't yeah. just move across the country tomorrow anymore, anymore. Um, you know, like there's another person that's in that I very significantly impact in my life. And I need to make choices that, you know, he's a part of that decision making now. So which sometimes is hard, right? Because my intuition is telling me one thing, but it's not something that may be feasible for my life in that yeah. moment. I need to work a little bit differently, but it's just been, but even just acknowledging that, like, you know, sometimes I'm like, I want to do what I want to do, you know, yeah. and that's just, you know, so, but having to take a step back, it's, it's nice to be put, put in a position where it's like, Hey, you know, I don't need, I don't want to be selfish. You know, it's nice to have someone where you're like, man, I'm about to maybe, you know, change my plan a little bit here or postpone this for now because I have this other person that I needed to take into consideration that I care about very deeply. So that's been the whole nother dynamic added on top of it. Hell yeah. yeah. But I think it's also, I mean, it's important and you're doing that, that you are being honest with yourself and your partner, even if it doesn't mean action today, like you said, you might have to postpone something, but you're still at least having the conversation and being honest with who you are to this person that means so much to you. It's cool. Yeah. It's very Thanks. special. Or at least so, the intention to. Okay, wait, Janelle, you didn't answer the question. Yeah. What, what was the question? Your own question. How do you know when you're talking? <laughs> I love to ask questions that I don't have the answer to. That's why I ask them. <laughs> well, what is it today? What do you think it is? Um, what do you feel it is? I'm, I'm similar that it's in my body. I also, yeah, it, it, and it's also annoying, but I am working on trusting that knowing. We've talked about this. I will get the knowing. We'll call it the knowing. <laughs> and then I sit on it and I collect data and I sort of wait. I mean, I'm such an action-based person, but it's funny, like with big hits of intuition, like my trust isn't fully there in it yet. So I end up sitting in it longer than I probably should. And I just kind of keep collecting and paying attention and observing and like waiting. A lot of times I feel like I'm waiting for that hit of intuition to go away because I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> um, so it's probably like a knowing and in my body, but I'm, I'm trying to fine tune it right now. I think I've been silencing it for quite a while. Yeah. Trusting intuition, lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. Well, I have so. a quite, I have a question for you guys about like careers and everything thing because like I said like when I when I think of the two of you and when I was just kind of reflecting on things like preparing to you know talk with you guys again and things like that you know and and just listening to other podcasts you know I remember Janelle like talking about how you knew you wanted to like run a fitness studio and even just like at how young you are and like you were so driven to do that from the gut and I was just going to ask you guys like especially with you know the changes that you've had over the last couple of years and things like that do you feel like 
there is that sweet spot or there there is that fulfillment in finding a career that you're like, man, this is just what I want to do. Like I've, I've found it, you know, cause I, although feel like I'm make, I am choosing to do things that I care about. I just feel there's always, I'm still in that place where I'm like, I'm just really trying to find that sweet spot where just, I know that even though it might be hard, it's, it's fulfilling me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So, do you think that even exists? <laughs> Do you think that feeling even exists? I think it can. I mean, you brought up the fitness studio and it's funny, this has been coming up a lot, but that was something for me, it was annoying. Like I knew I wanted to run a fitness studio, but since then, and since doing it, like I also had to trust my intuition when it was time to move on and it wasn't working for me anymore. Um, But since doing that, I, I, like I've had things align again, like I said, like going to mind body, I think it was less about the career and more about the experience and the people and the community and the change. Like, so I feel like that quote unquote career decision was not actually necessarily about my career. Um, but since then, yeah, I don't know. Like I still, I still feel like I, I don't exactly know or I'm just doubting myself because <laughs> I also we say the podcast I'm like yeah the podcast is it um and that would be ideal but like in the interim I'm I still feel like there's a lot of questions and lack of direction I don't know if that answers your question but <laughs> no it totally does yeah my what answer think, would Ray? be yes and um <laughs> I definitely <laughs> do I definitely do think it exists and I don't think it's as like, for me, I am experiencing now in my late 30s what it feels like to have something that I want to dedicate time to. And I want to keep learning around and I want to focus. There's like a focus to it. And um, I do have like lots of little projects. I wouldn't say that I necessarily have like one position with one company per se, but to me, that it still feels in essence the same. Like my way is different. I feel like I have a focus to my life. And so, yes, I think it exists where it looks like you have the same position in company forever and that that is fulfilling. I also think it looks like a very twisty, windy road in form. And in essence, there is the, the focus is there. And I see myself very much so staying in the world of, in whatever capacity coaching is, and I would put this podcast within that field or frame of reference as well, because we're talking about authenticity. My coaching is all about people figuring out how to trust themselves and be their authentic self. And pretty much anything that I do is probably going to be in that realm. And so I feel like I've kind of found my, I don't know, my like riverbed or like my divot my road that I'm like excited to keep going down and going deeper and expanding from and so again I don't think it looks exactly like I'm with one company or in one role or one um yeah like you know the tenure necessarily but I feel like I've found my focus and I also am very open within that to the fact that 10 years from now, something might totally change and it's allowed to shift. And so my idea of time (laughs) and space is a little bit 
more open now and like I don't necessarily think that the yes has to just look like the way your husband's yes is or the way a lot of my friends yes is I can still experience a yes and have the form of it look very different even if it's just in a two-year period or in a you know 10 different jobs that happen to still be anchored in the same realm so I yeah that's my answer yes and I think the look of it can be very different than just the one way it's a good point that's true and I was, I've had I was just gonna say I've had jobs that have been a yes in the moment but the yes doesn't have to last forever yeah so that's thank you for that reminder Rachel but Megan what were you gonna say well, I was just going to say that I was, I feel like low-key, I was hoping that that's what your responses would be <laughs> because I really feel like totally validated because if I, if someone were to tell me, because sometimes that's just the perception, that's just the way it looks that, man, this one person found the career that they are so happy with every day. So it does exist, but why hasn't it existed for me or how can I find that? So mm-hmm. it's just, you know, I just feel validated in the sense that it's like, okay, so maybe it's not that cut and dry, even though that's just like what my perception, I'm constantly having to check my perception of like, what's reality? What's like, how are people actually feeling versus what's my perception of it? You know? When I hear you recognizing in that, that like, yeah, that does exist. And that's one way that it can exist. And there's actually an infinite number of other ways that it can exist for me. It doesn't have to just look that one way or it's not that. Right. And I'm just glad that, um, you know, just how times have changed and like society has adopted to that, because I would feel like if it, if we were still, you know, living in a time where, you know, you kind of just like were directed into going to a certain field and you stuck with like my, you know, my parents have always been like, like that. My mom has worked for a company for 20 years and there's such a little family there. And she, you know, I just, I really admire her for, for that. And, um, always seeming like I'm, that's something that I should be seeking, even though I'm just like, you know, my mom will tell me, um, when I'm thinking about switching jobs, she'll be like, man, like you just need to like dedicate yourself to something. And I'm like, but mom, how do I know how it's going to feel when I'm doing it? Like, maybe it doesn't like, it sounds great now, but once I'm actually doing it in the moment, it doesn't always turn out to be what I expected it to be. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm probably going off on a tangent here, but I just, wow. I'm just putting all the people in my life relatable. in perspective. Okay. I'm glad because I'm like, thank God I'm not the only one out here. No way. And you know what? Things like COVID and things like how quickly technology is changing and there's going to be a lot more stuff like that that is opening up possibilities for things to look differently than we – it needed to before and that it can. You know, like it has to shift. And so I think that that is – opening up the doors for things to look different, but to still have that dedication, like that you were saying. Um, It's a beautiful conversation. I'm so appreciative that you um, Mm -hmm. like literally leapt across the line and were like, I want to wrestle with this. Like these are the types of conversations that we want to have because it is perception can be so real where you're like, man, they have their shit together. I want to be there. But like the reality is is that we're all in some way, shape or form trying to figure it out, what it means to be us, what it means to be alive, whatever it is, whatever we're trying to find meaning around. And like, 
I always, I've been saying this a lot. I think I'm going to get it tattooed on me, um, that it's an infinity, it's an infinity loop, like growth or becoming or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Isn't the line up. It all, it also isn't, I've seen it done where it's like a scatter graph or, oh my God, whoever is like actually knows anything about graphs is like moron but it's not you know it's not like the loopy loops that are like making its way upwards it's an infinity loop I continue now that I've been doing this and I still have many many years ahead of me hopefully um I still it still comes back to this there's these same lessons that keep emerging in new arenas and new depths and new ways and before I used to be like fuck I didn't get it right the first time what's wrong with me blah 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 <laughs> But then now yeah. I can go, I do that still because that's my human condition. And then I'll be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you don't have to beat yourself up for this. There's a new depth to this. You, you already knew, you knew this was an infinity loop. You knew it was going to come back around. And now I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. What, what can I learn from this, this time around? Um, so yeah, for, for whatever that's worth, thank you for being here. And this yes, has been awesome. I I know I needed this conversation. It's funny, Megan, you came on and you've made this transition into your new career. And I'm like, this is so just, yes, everything I needed to. So I appreciate your vulnerability and coming on here and being willing to play with us and talk and, and share because you're, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at no. all. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so glad to have done this with you guys. I mean, like I totally have admired you guys since I I've met you and, you know, and I just, I love what you guys are doing and the pot. I mean, <laughs> your podcast has really helped me just even just ha- open up to be able to have these conversations being like, Oh wait, okay. I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that's figuring it out. And you know, being able to constantly get that validation on a regular basis and just, and honestly, there's just so many cool people that I'm like, wait, okay, there's other things I could be doing. I didn't know that existed. <laughs> you know, I'm that like, wait. so much, yeah. you know, so no, I just, that's exactly the point that the, that when I started listening to the podcast, that that's really where I was at. I was in like a really, really difficult place and I had just been totally burned by an opportunity that I thought was going to be amazing. And so I don't know. I just, you know, what's funny is that after all this confusion, I feel like this conversation made me feel like, huh, maybe I am in where I'm supposed to be and just allowing mm-hmm. myself to be able to figure that out, you know, cause it's just a lot of pressure sometimes, you know, and you just, it's hard to clear the way and be able to see clearly that maybe I'm doing what I should be doing in the first place, you know? Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. when you just sit with yourself and <laughs> I know that one, <laughs> a lot of times we just, and I'm just sit taught- in our own shit and then we're just like, Oh, I'm playing with my shit again. Cool. <laughs> I need to talk to somebody and just, yeah, like get it out. Yeah. So Megan, question for you. Yes. How do you live your true north in one word? In one word? Can I explain my word? Absolutely. If you Okay. <laughs> uh, so um, the word that I'm constantly saying or describing myself with is I'm living it imperfectly. And I like to explain it because I know that when some people hear that or I say that to my friends or family, they look at that like it could be a negative thing or that I'm like looking down on myself. But I just feel like explaining that I'm living my true north right now, like just very imperfectly because A, I'm figuring it out. And it also just like gives me that grace of, you know, allowing myself to make those mistakes without completely, you know, condemning myself and make me feel like, you know, I'm not doing things right. Like I should be doing more. And I'm not on the direction that I need to be going. So 
I say I'm living my true north very imperfectly right now, but I'm totally okay with that. I love that. I think it's beautiful. Mm. I always tell people that like my word, I self, I'm self a self-described weirdo. And then people are always like, you're not weird. And I'm like, don't say that. You're actually insulting me when you say that. And then they're like, what? And I'm <laughs> right. like, I love that word. And then they're like, you do? I'm like, hell yeah. It's so funny. People's like immediate, like a lot of times people will be like, no, you're not. And then I'm like, oh, yes, I am. You're like, yeah. <laughs> you take that back right now and tell me how weird I am. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. If people like wanted to. Rachel, you said that. Oh, go ahead. I was say, Rachel, when you said that Dylan described me as weird, I was like, that could not come from a higher compliment from you guys as a couple. Like, <laughs> to be like, yeah, Janelle's weird. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the nicest compliment you guys could pay me. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so. I didn't even that's like so think funny. twice that you would be insulted by it because it is such a term of of endearment for us. <laughs> like exactly. I know. For a second, I was like, "Weird." Is that a bat? And I was like, "No, it's Rachel and Dylan. That's the highest compliment." <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um, so, Megan, if people wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Please do. I hope I've followed pretty much everyone on the podcast, so I hope people. <laughs> totally reach out but um so my instagram is private but it's m underscore calls c-o-l-l-s um so if you request to follow me i'll probably just check to be to know see if you know rachel and janelle and i'll be like yeah totally follow me um other than that (laughs) yeah yeah let me check you out first no but um my instagram's totally fine and then um if anyone wanted to email me um if anyone has questions about any careers that I've had because I don't know if they ever make sense to anyone the things that I've done um my email is collinsjmegan at gmail perfect we'll put them in the show notes cool thanks yeah thank you so much this conversation like I said I I actually needed this conversation so thank you for being both of you for being a part of it yeah no you guys too it was so nice catching up with you guys I know I miss you dude Get on Have a good Sunday. Yeah, you, you too. too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Until next time. <laughs>